Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From m and rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Belisai. Thanks to Blue Apron for sponsoring this week's episode. I'm sitting in the studio as always, with the one reason this show gets negative reviews. <laughs> My producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Matt. Hey, Barry. Hey, haters. Today on the show, we're going to kick things off, as always, with Worst Things First, the most fucked up news of the week. And then we're going to hit the streets for an intense investigative deep dive. It's going to be so intense. This is the kind of shit that ends up winning a Pulitzer Prize, or at the very least, a pat on the back from my my mom. We're blowing the lid right off this shit. You might even say we got the scoop on this one. (laughs) Oh, yep, that's right. We're talking about trendy, terrible ice cream flavors. And then after all that good stuff, just like a whipped cream and a cherry on top, we're going to end it with an interview with one of my favorite people in the world, Miss Heather Nagatu from Another Round. She's going to join us for an interview and a debate. So get your ears ready to swoon, your grundle ready to moisten on today's episode of Unhappy Hour. Let's do it. All right, let's start off with worst things first, the most fucked up news of the week. We are recording this episode slightly earlier than usual because I'm home in Chicago this week playing bingo. Also, this podcast might not exist anymore because the eclipse happened on Monday and all of us might have been sucked into the sun. So if you're if you're listening to this, congratulations, you survived the apocalypse. First, a study published in the Journal of Social, Psychological, and Personality Science found that sending a smiley face emoji in emails makes you look like a fucking idiot. Because you do. You look like a fucking moron. Uh, According to this study, sending a smiley face emoticon in business messages decreases perceptions of competence. 
So uh, just know that if you're trying to be a happy person, you can go fuck yourself in the face because everyone thinks you're an idiot behind your back. That's like how I feel like I can't send any message anymore without an exclamation point after every sentence. So it sounds like I'm screaming at everybody, but actually I'm just trapped in a prison of my own making because I, I started adding too many exclamation points after my sentences and now I can't go back because then everyone will be like, oh, I guess he hates me now because he doesn't put exclamation points after his sentences. It's sad. It's sad, really. The cavemen didn't have to worry about this. Maybe they did. Maybe there was a caveman who drew a smiley face and all of his caveman friends were like, what a fucking moron. (laughs) (laughs) Next, a memorial service in Ohio turned into a fucking mess when a man's widow and his alleged side chick turned up together at the funeral. The side chick walked in and she was like, I'm here for my boyfriend. And the widow was like, I don't think so, bitch. And then they got into a fight that turned into a fucking brawl. And then the widow whips out a can of pepper spray and maces everybody. Why did she have pepper spray at her (laughs) husband's funeral? I mean, she knew. She knew it was coming. That's how that's how you know men are a corrupting influence. Even dead dick causes problems. Ugh. Next up, a truck with 20 tons of Nutella and other chocolates vanished in Germany. I love this story because the police statement says anyone offering large quantities of chocolate via unconventional channels should report it to the police immediately. (laughs) In what situation are you going to be like, I find this offer of 20 tons of chocolate to be highly suspicious. Who is purchasing chocolate in unconventional channels? Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka was like the El Chapo of chocolate. (laughs) And finally... Chuck E. Cheese is getting rid of its animatronic robot rats. The band, the band that plays at Chuck E. Cheese, out of a job. Thanks a lot, Trump. Yeah, jobs are coming back to America. Tell that to the giant fucking rat and whatever else those animals are, because they're honestly unidentifiable. According to the CEO of Chuck E. Cheese, which is um, a job that someone has out in the world... (laughs) Quote, the kids stopped looking at the animatronics years and years ago, and they would wait for the live Chuck E. Cheese to come out. There's a live Chuck E. Cheese? The mouse. Yeah, I always thought he was just a robot. What a dumb business decision. (laughs) Kill the live one. Keep the robots. You don't have to pay robots until they rise up. After the nukes hit, those things are going to be formidable. (laughs) Just radioactive Chuck E. Cheese is running around. And that's it for Worst Things First. I hope everybody survived the week, survived the eclipse, survived the dearth of Chuck E. Cheeses in the world. We're all going to make it. Maybe. Next up, we got a deep dive for you. We're talking ice cream. Ice cream, you scream, we all scream because everything is terrible. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. 
Ah, ice cream. One of the simplest, purest foods in the world. When I was a wee babe, I used to wait in my nightgown for the milkman to deliver our bottles of milk to the doorstep. And sometimes in the winter, the cream atop our milk would freeze overnight. And then we'd, we'd get the bottles in the morning and we'd use our spoons and we'd scrape off the frozen cream. And that was our ice cream that we ate. That's pure ice cream. But now, the world of ice cream has gone insane. You thought life was complicated? You thought ice cream was the one thing you could count on to escape the craziness of this world? Well, you thought wrong, because according to some reports that I just made up, there are now 7 billion flavors of ice cream in the world. It's just confusion. Ice cream is supposed to be a refreshing summer treat, because let's face it, we can't all afford a giant block of ice in our living room like the rich people. That's how they cool off, like a great Gatsby, when they sit around with their long cigarettes. We're not all like that. But now, ice cream has become a monster. If you're looking for the perfect example of ice cream's craziness, look no further than Black Tap, a gastropub here in New York City, which churns out some of the most grotesque milkshakes in existence. You may have seen some of these monstrosities on Instagram because that's literally all that they're for is so that you can take a picture of them. It's an extra, extra, extra large milkshake topped with a leaning tower of sugary mess like entire ice cream sandwiches, entire slices of cake, entire heads of cotton candy, and more. Yeah. But of course... Ice cream is not just about presentation, it's about flavors. And flavors have gotten out of control. So we decided to go in a little ice cream crawl of New York City, home of some of the strangest concoctions in the world, to taste some of the craziest flavors we could find at some of the most popular ice cream shops around. I've taken a number of Pepto-Bismol tablets in preparation for this visit, these many visits, because I think I'm lactose intolerant and we're about to eat a shitload of dairy <laughs> for science. So we started this off at the Chinatown Original Ice Cream Factory in, guess where, Chinatown, where the quote regular flavors included durian and lychee, lychee, Lychee? Lychee? Li- lychee. While the, and I quote, exotic flavors included vanilla and chocolate. And that is real. They had a menu on the wall that said exotic flavors, vanilla and chocolate, which is pretty profound if you think about it. Because one man's exotic is another man's regular. Think about that when you're, when you're shoving this ice cream down your throat. So I tried two scoops of two different flavors my tongue has never before experienced, red bean and black sesame, because those are weird flavors. And also someone made me order that. I feel like it's gonna be like I'm eating chili, like cold chili. I don't know what either of these flavors are supposed to taste like outside of ice cream. I spilled it on my shoe. Oh no. It tastes like Oreo. Let's see, let's try red bean curd. I'm just picturing like kidney beans. The verdict 
is that it tasted like ice cream and maybe you should be a little more adventurous with your goddamn flavors. If you say it tastes like bean, I should taste the bean. If you say it tastes like black sesame, it should taste like black sesame. Whatever that fucking tastes like. Also, make your ice cream more dense so it doesn't drip on my shoe. (sighs) So then we headed over to Morgan Stearns, where even though it was the middle of the weekday, there was a line down the block that I had to stand in like some kind of normal person. And everybody in line was a fucking teenager with a backpack on. And there I was, an adult man with no backpack on, just waiting for my ice cream in the middle of the day. Also, all the teens like to taste every fucking flavor before they eat it. Chocolate is chocolate, you mini-sized fuck. So here at Morgan Stearns, I had the absolute displeasure of trying a few different flavors, most of which were bad. Black coconut ash, aka activated charcoal, burnt sage, and cinnamon whiskey, because at this point I needed something good in my system. All right, look at this dirty ass ice cream. Here we go, charcoal ice cream. It doesn't taste like anything. No, I don't approve. Tastes like emptiness. Tastes like darkness. Burnt sage for all the demons in my life. Oh! I don't like that at all. It tastes like wheat. Yeah, it tastes like marijuana. More accurately, it tastes like a weed that you pick from the ground. It tastes like dirt. It tastes like the dirty part of, like, a root. A.K.A. sage. (laughs) (laughs) The verdict? Activated charcoal is for people who are poisoned or seriously need to shit and should not be anywhere near my ice cream. Seriously, that's what charcoal is for. It's for making your system poop. And burnt sage, no. Just no. Cinnamon whiskey, though, actually very good. Tasted like Cinnamon Toast Crunch if Cinnamon Toast Crunch were an orgasm. The Cinnamon Toast Crunch guy, that old man, just shuddering. Just shaking in ecstasy. Next on our list, we went to Milk, which is a popular ice cream slash bakery slash goodie shop. We went to the one in Nolita, and this one is just a closet in the side of the road, and it's super gay, and also there was a hot guy behind us in sweatpants waiting to order his ice cream, and I was very nervous, and the lady behind the counter could tell I was nervous, and she pounced on it, and she took advantage of me and my innocence because then I ordered their very famous cereal milk ice cream, which I tried with cornflakes on top. Tastes like a frozen bowl of Frosted Flakes. It tastes weird. It tastes like milk that went bad. The verdict is that I'm gonna stick to eating a bowl of cereal in bed. Thank you very much. Also, the Hawkeye is invited. Then we headed to Il Laboratorio, which is Italian for the laboratory. And we got gelato. And by the way, technically gelato is different than ice cream because it uses whole milk instead of cream and it has less air. So it's supposed to have a more intense flavor, 
which is terrible for our purposes because we got some pretty awful flavors. Can we do uh, avocado and black peppercorn? What else? Sweet potato? Oh, yeah. And sweet potato. One of each. Yeah, what was that I was ordering? A salad, you wonder? No. Just some fucking avocado, black peppercorn, and sweet potato gelato. Imagine that sliding down your throat. Start with sweet potato. It tastes like a straight up chunk of sweet potato. Just cold, wet sweet potato. I'm actually afraid to eat the avocado. Oh my God. Ugh. I mean, it tastes like avocado, but it tastes like something else too. It tastes like just like a cold leaf of lettuce. It does kind of taste like a leaf. Like, you remember when you were a kid and you like ate a leaf to see what it tasted like? Did everybody else do that? (laughs) That's what it tastes like. All right, let's try the pepper. That doesn't taste like anything. I think it's the worst. I guess if you get like a big chunk of pepper. That just caught in my throat. The verdict on that one? Shut the fuck up. Keep your veggies out of my dessert. I don't don't even want vegetable-flavored gelato in the same case as my good-flavored gelato. You You can put your vegetable gelato in the trash. To top it all off, we went to buy Chloe which is a vegan restaurant in Greenwich Village. And look, I'm fine with you living your vegan lifestyle. I just don't think we should have entire monuments built to celebrating your way of life, okay? And this place was teeming with vegans, like ants on a piece of sidewalk pizza. Also, they don't even have real ice cream. They just have little tubs that they keep in a tiny dorm room refrigerator behind the counter. And it was the worst flavor of all, so we saved it for last. Kale cookies and cream. From a branding perspective, kale is the reason that vegans are losing the culture wars. This is why people hate you, because kale is the pubic hair of vegetables. Everybody is familiar with it, some people fucking love it, but most of us don't want it anywhere near our mouths because it gets stuck in our teeth. It looks like cat diarrhea. First of all, it's rock hard. Like this dick. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it not because of the taste, because of the texture. It feels like it's eating me back. Like it's licking me from the inside. Yeah, I'm done. You done? <laughs> <laughs> it tasted honestly like if you put kale and an Oreo in a bowl of water and then froze that water overnight and then you just lick the bowl in the morning. That's what it tasted like. Our producer Josh literally spat it out on the sidewalk and we don't have audio of this because he's dead now. He's dead. He's not actually dead but still we all we all should be because this fucking piece of shit is considered ice cream. The verdict is that we should launch all kale ice cream into space. So the aliens taste it, and then they decide never to invade Earth because they think we're trash, and we're not even worth their time. And they pass us right up because of kale. That's the great irony of life. Kale will save humanity because of its disgustingness. The conclusion, I think, really, in all of this, is that ice cream is ice cream. 
It is a dessert. You're supposed to feel bad after you eat it because you've eaten too much of it and because it's too sweet, not because it tastes like kale or avocado or other things that are found in salads, okay? Ice cream is not healthy. It's not supposed to be healthy. So stop jamming your nutrients into my pint of deliciousness. And that's it for our deep dive. I risk my dignity and my life eating this ice cream. Because A, I could have diarrheaed all over the street, bridesmaid style, and it would have been incredibly graphic and upsetting for everybody involved. And B, because of my fatty liver. Because every time I eat ice cream, it's like standing on the edge of a bridge. So you're welcome for that and for everything, including our next segment, which is Heaven Nagatu. She's going to be on the show with us for an interview and a debate. And that's coming up after this commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient recipe delivery service in the country. In this dramatic Blue Apron series, I've taken you through all of the steps of making a fantastic, well-balanced meal, and we made it to the finale. And you know what that means. Today, we finally get to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And guess what? It's my favorite kind of fruit, a ribeye steak with spicy vegetable hash served at Shea Bellicide. It actually does look perfect. Here we go. As someone who orders food for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and second dinner, I'll admit cooking has never been my forte. I'm hilarious and gorgeous, but we can't have it all. But with Blue Apron's easy to follow recipes and pre-portioned fresh ingredients, I was able to have a delicious meal without ever leaving my apartment. As I bit into my first bite, I simply couldn't believe how incredible I suddenly was at cooking. I mean, with the tips I've picked up, my cooking show contract should be showing up any day now. Mmm, that's delicious. I made this show by myself. The produce was fresh, so fresh you could hear it. What's on that crunch? You don't get that crunch. It's been sitting in a brown paper bag on its way to you. That's the kind of crunch you only get from Blue Apron. In your own kitchen. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com unhappy. You can make delicious meals like cod and fairy tale eggplants with tomato and pearl couscous. You know those foods sound so fancy. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash unhappy. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we are in the studio with one Miss Heaven Nagatu. Co-host with air horns. Yes. <laughs> as I expect. <laughs> Co-host of another round, the podcast. Uh writer, funny person. Internet, woman about the town. <laughs> woman about town. Internet staple. All right, all right. <laughs> um Heaven Nagatu, welcome. Hi. To Unhappy Hour. Oh, I'm so excited love complaining. So we're going to start with a few questions and then play a game, a ooh, debate. Ooh. Uh, the first question we ask everybody is, what is one thing that you hate mm-hmm. that everybody else loves? 
Okay, I have an excellent answer for you, and I'm tired of the love this thing gets. <laughs> okay. I think Oreos are trash. <laughs> I'm standing by it. Not just you don't like them, you think they're trash. Yeah. Why? <laughs> okay, first of all, hard cookies are never fun. Like You put them in milk. Okay, okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> so first of all, you can't eat the cookie as is. Right. You always have to have something with it. The thing is milk, which I do not like. I get that other people like it. But when you put the thing in the thing, it just turns soft and mushy, and then it all goes to the top of your mouth, and then yeah. it's like, Ugh. And then, then you can be like, Ugh. Like, why is that a texture I'm seeking out? <laughs> why is that happening? <laughs> Are your, all your teeth turn, like, brown? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you taste it for days. Not, yes, it's in there. It's not a good cookie experience is all I'm saying. What's the worst thing someone could walk up to you and say? Uh, Beyonce's overrated. That's an instant aggressor. <laughs> Just open up with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I guess why are you talking to me randomly on the street is my first question. Right, right. So <laughs> <And> anything. Then, <laughs> yes. Any words that come out your mouth right now. Do you have a moment when someone said that to you that you can, I, I can recall a moment. That they said it to me? That, that <laughs> I was said that, but like I can recall it vividly. The time when someone was like, Beyonce oh, is overrated. Mm. It honestly happened to me recently, and I'm still figuring out how to react. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't say they thought she was overrated, but they were not with as familiar with her work as I thought they should be. <laughs> oh. Like, what do you mean you haven't watched Lemonade, is Ooh. my question. <laughs> like, what have you done with your life <laughs> that you don't have an hour right. to see what Beyonce has right. to say. <laughs> that means every hour that you've spent in the last year. What have you been doing? It's the one year anniversary. Even the the Peabody was just like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did she win a Peabody? She did. That whole team. I yes. should have assumed. Yeah. They got all the awards, yo. I want to ask a bunch of your your least favorite things. Ooh. What movie is is are you like? This is trash. Sex in the City 2. <laughs> okay. Commonly understood to be one of the worst movies of all time. Yes. But The scene with Jennifer Hudson where she gives Eloise from St. <laughs> Louis this, like, gifts her this bag she's been renting on layaway or some shit. I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. For someone who has said it's their least favorite movie, you recalled an awful lot of it. <laughs> I know. It's just they had this stupid ditty about, like, Louise from St. Louis. I just, I fucking hate that I remember it. You're right, Mac. God damn it. Least favorite TV show. Hmm. Y'all love you some dragons and shit. I do. I do. You don't watch Game of I Thrones? I tried, yo. <laughs> I really tried. Okay, first of all, I tried with the like pop ups that explain who the characters are, and yeah, I'm still lost. <laughs> right. It's like, it's a lot of work. A lot of work for a lot of sexual violence. Right. Gratuitous. Violence and also, I don't understand how every woman has a Brazilian and all the fucking dudes in West Arrows or whatever are just out here scraggly as fuck. I don't understand the technology. Right. It's not a good show. <laughs> I'm standing by it. One day they'll figure out their hair care situation, <laughs> yes. then they'll get you. What's the worst trait in a man? Oh. You have to pick one. Oh my God. I feel like men are just so used to hearing their opinions and like being validated constantly that they never pause to think, are my contributions useful? Like, what what is the point of talking? Yeah, I've never run up against that. <laughs> so I'm usually right. 
But no, I was thinking when I uh, was thinking of that question. Men don't know how to listen. Yeah. It's like a all-knowingness. Yeah. The presumption. Yes. That you are right always. And it's like, it's not unfounded. They have, like, you know, historically, culturally, socially, they are rewarded for their opinions and, you know, they are uh, dominating. Yeah. <laughs> True. So. True. It's a lifetime of, you know. That feedback loop. <laughs> yeah. End the cycle now. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we'll get into our debate. Ooh. This is a debate, but not really a debate because it's mostly me screaming points at you. <laughs> Good to know. You will have the chance to rebut my points. Feels like a conversation with Matt. <laughs> yes. So today we are going to be debating white men. Oh my god. White men. <laughs> white men. Would you like to take the pro or con stance? You know, I think I got the con stance down. All right, I understand. <laughs> you can speak, you know, a little more from experience as well. I think you know what they're more about. <laughs> so you're all the great ways to say that I'm pro white. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it, Matt. What's your debate? Here's how it's going to work. The topic, white men. <laughs> Heaven, we'll take the con stance <laughs> yes i will take the pro stance <laughs> allegedly i'm gonna start off barry will decide a winner gracious judge are we ready yeah i was, I, I was born for this <laughs> all right white devil's advocate let's go <laughs> my first point <laughs> is white men started all of the wars because we're so brave. Wow. Yeah. So brave is what you're we're welcome, <laughs> world. Where would we be without all of the death and destruction that we caused? Nowhere. That's true. Nowhere, me thinks. <laughs> Sheer power wise, yes, you did. You were powerful in your destruction and your destructive forces because you frequently have terrible ideas, cannot communicate, can't share power, don't have a vision, don't like to share power. I feel like they have been destroying a lot of things. The best. Because they can't be told no. The most stubborn. <laughs> I feel like it's like talking to Donald Trump right now. <laughs> this is the cultural wars right here. <laughs> yep. So sure, you guys are powerful. You started a lot of wars, but war. Huh. <laughs> What is it good for? <laughs> absolutely everything. Um, absolutely nothing. Where do we get all those war movies from? So I would like to see less Saving Private Ryan, more Girls Trip with black girls just frolicking on a weekend adventure getaway. So trolls, let's talk about them. They are frequently young white men. Yeah. What are y'all going through? <laughs> like, get it together. I feel like we did not learn from Gamergate at all. I think Steve Bannon explicitly cited, like, the the feeble minds of the white, young, internet boy generation as, like, why it's so easy to, to mold this, like, alt-right generation. It's like, that's his tool to take over the world. They're literally plotting white supremacy before our eyes. It's funny. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's so blatant. I can't rebut that point. <laughs> it's so blatant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> <laughs> we were very good at stealing all of the inventions. This is true. <laughs> so, you can thank us for tea. <laughs> coffee. Now, you know damn well Ethiopians invented coffee. <laughs> Nuh-uh. <laughs> Look at the Starbucks cup. That's a white mermaid. Wow. <laughs> I gotta keep my third eye open. I didn't even see that. 
My next point, <laughs> country music. You're welcome. Wow. You're welcome. I feel like white people cannot argue about inventing any type of music, so. Not wrong. <laughs> so I feel firm in my facts on that one. <laughs> I, would like, I would like to clarify that, yes, white people stole country music, as along with all types of they music. They are good at stealing. Like, white people have scamming down. I will give yeah. them that. <laughs> Guess what? Not only did we steal country music, we made a whole goddamn channel about it <laughs> on TV true. and an award show. You're welcome. And then we cry when Beyonce comes and graces us <laughs> with our presence. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine with Beyonce as long as she doesn't sing with the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks, white. Mm, disputed. <laughs> My friend Tracy McGee. <laughs> That's right. My co-host Tracy Klein has a and her friend uh, Nicole Perkins, both writers, have a very compelling theory that Tom Hanks is actually secretly a, a black man, or part black, not secretly. Maybe it's just a part of his heritage, and he doesn't know. Right. I'm Do not you... accusing Tom Hanks of deception, <laughs> but he's like young Thurgood Marshall, like light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He could play young mm-hmm. Thurgood Marshall. Also, he gave birth to. Chet Hayes. Uh, we don't speak of that. <laughs> yeah, I see your yeah. Tom Hanks, and I, I and raise, I raise you. you. Chet Hayes. <laughs> His child is progeny. White men say all the best things in meetings. No. <laughs> Can you give me an example? <laughs> they'll they'll be like Janet. <laughs> I'm gonna have to circle back. <laughs> I'll follow up with you on that point, Janet. They do love unnecessary metaphors. Yeah. I'm going to park this right here. <laughs> We're going to put a pin in this cushion. Yes. Uh, Jesus was white, according to us. <laughs> so Yo. take that. I grew up in an Ethiopian church where like the halos were often like represented almost as like little afros. Yeah. So like all the, the angels and the disciples and the whatevers have always been like people with like cute little afros. <laughs> and Jesus is obviously a cute little afro kid. <laughs> yeah. Like he's brown. So it's always funny to me to see America's Jesus. Yeah. It's cute that y'all are holding on to that. <laughs> well. Like. As Megan Kelly would say. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Santa is white. <laughs> I Kids, cannot, if you're listening. I cannot believe. Santa is white. Quote unquote, like, Megan Kelly. Imagine being host like, of MSNBC. Yes, her. She's the one I want to host <laughs> my new show. <laughs> the woman who doubled down on no black Santas. <laughs> Do you love how every every week there's a story that's like a, a rerun of America's funniest home videos? <laughs> out Beat out the ratings. Megan Kelly Megyn live. Megan Kelly show. Yes. Uh, you better drag her America's funniest videos <laughs> reruns. <laughs> You better drag her old Tom Bergeron. <laughs> um, white people dancing makes all other dancers look good. <laughs> that is very generous of you. <laughs> every day, every day when I dance, I'm like, I'm That's just doing true. this. I'm doing this for for everybody who doesn't look like me. I self-identify as a bad uh, as a bad dancer, so I can definitely speak from personal experience. When I'm at a party with white people, I'm like, I know I'm not the worst dancer in the room. I feel confident. Right. Dance like only white people are watching. That's how I live. And then our final point: our lack of using seasoning makes you appreciate food better. <laughs> this is a compelling point. I have been to white friends' homes who don't, who aren't familiar with the spice life. Right. Then you go home and you're like, oh, thank you. Yes. Even my basic ass. <laughs> right. Now I appreciate <laughs> yes. what I have. Yes. It's true. 
Well, I think I won this debate. Um, so I always feel good when white people don't like spicy foods. Yes, more for me. That's true. That's but like, true. y'all got it. Y'all got it. Stay away from this restaurant. Well, you're welcome. You're <laughs> Don't welcome. leave a Yelp review. <laughs> Not just for that, but for everything. <laughs> oh, white people. You are truly inspiring. <laughs> truly. Thanks. Well, thank you for joining us, Heaven. You're Where... the only person I would talk about white people with, Matt. <laughs> truly. <laughs> this is the last time we'll ever speak. <laughs> Where can people find you? They can find me at Heaven Rants and all the things. That's Heaven, the place in the sky. My parents are very optimistic. Mm-hmm. This is what they got, though. <laughs> Heaven Rants, because I be ranting. Yes. And everybody can listen to another round. I was a guest. It was excellent. Um, I learned something about Matt I had never known, which is his incredible nickname history. <laughs> I will yeah. never forget those nicknames. So go or listen that to teacher. that and find out. <laughs> yes, listen wherever fine podcasts are found. Thank you. Hey. Bye. Bye. All right, folks, we're almost at the end of the show. It's time for our chaser, the thing at the end of the week that makes all the bad things worth it. Barry, do you have a chaser this week? I do have a chaser this week. What is it? Every Sunday night, my boyfriend and I give Putty, our dog, a bath. We watch Twin Peaks, and then he goes to bed, and I watch Game of Thrones. And I'm just, I'm just looking forward to it. That's lovely. I know. I have nothing. I know. What's your chaser this week? My chaser this week, well, if you're listening to this right now, I'm home in Chicago, and every time I'm home, I go to bingo with my mom and my grandma, and I've never won because bingo is a sham, but it's still fun, and I play it with all the old people. They love me. They all rub me like a genie lamp to try to get my youth, to try to get a taste of it, and I'm always, and I slap them across their wrinkly faces, and I say, don't touch me if you're not going to give me any money. Because I never win. My grandma won $10,000 at bingo once. That's... <laughs> Which is true. Not making that shit up. incredible. To be fair, I think she spends approximately $10,000 every time she goes to bingo. <laughs> so you got to put it in the work if you want to get results. And that's it. So thanks for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get this show. Hit subscribe, then rate us, review us. But only if it's nice, you give us a five-star review or nothing. You can also find us on Spotify and Stitcher and a bunch of other places. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Josh Gwynn, and me, Matt Balasai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Emily Becker, and Dina Kleiner, and this week's sponsor, Blue Apron. Music by Hansdale Sue. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Pelisai. You can pre-order my book, Everything is Awful, and other observations at everythingisawfulbook.com. And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye. Ah, uh. <laughs> that's it. That's what I wrote. Wow. Ah, uh, ice cream. Ah, uh. <laughs> no, I can't say it. Ah, uh, ice cream.